Hi, welcome to Life After Baby. I'm your host, Leslie Hudson. From bottles to books, diapers to dorms, and everything in between, each week I interview parenting experts to help me navigate postpartum life. Today, I will be chatting with Dr. Susan Sakala and Stephanie Bamford from WellFit Brandywine. They are two moms and physical therapists that offer in-home or virtual wellness training and exercise programs. Susan has two boys who are two and four, and Stephanie has a 20-month-old daughter. So thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Can you tell me a little bit about WellFit? Thank you, Leslie. This is Susan talking. Um, We are so happy to be on your show. So thank you so much for having us. So we kind of got the idea for the business. Um, I've been noodling on it for years. I've been practicing physical therapy for about eight years in multiple different settings, Um, orthopedics. I did home care for a while. And I realized after having my kids, um, kind of how much your body changes with pregnancy and that postpartum stage and maybe you know, running a half marathon um, pre-baby wasn't really going to happen post-baby um, or kind of what I needed to do with that. And then I think with with everything with the pandemic, um, Stephanie and I were both, were colleagues. We went to school together, um, physical therapy school. And with the pandemic, we were both furloughed at the same time. So all of a sudden, um, our lives kind of like whew, went to a halt. Um, and we, were, we had all this energy and ideas. And we thought, why don't we, you know, we see this need in the community for better postpartum pregnancy care. You know, if you look, if you Google um, women's health physical therapy, there's like one person in the Delaware Valley region. You know, it's just not enough. Um, And then with COVID and the pandemic, it's a little bit scary thinking about going maybe to a gym or like, what do you do? Is that a a safe option? So we wanted to provide, um, you know, some virtual options. We offer, you know, that type of programming or, you know, I have experience with home care. So we do in-home sessions as well. and it's been great. We've been in business a couple of months. We're pretty new. I'll say like the fall 2020, we really got things going. So we're relatively new, but, but growing and very excited about um, serving our community and women, especially. That's fantastic. I wish I knew about you almost two years ago. Cause I, you know, I remember thinking like, you know, when you're I felt so well cared for when I was pregnant, you know, we had, I don't know, it's like 20 something appointments or something crazy. And then on the postpartum side, it was like, okay, we'll see you in six weeks. And then I I was just like, well, what do I, what can I do before then? What should I do after then? And it wasn't until about 12 weeks where I had my tailbone pain. Um, You know, I kept calling my doctor and my sister-in-law who's the, who's in the ER. And I was like, is this a normal thing to happen? So it's just, it's, it's so confusing trying to figure out what is normal, what is not. And um, I, I think you guys will be very busy. Um, <laughs> I know this, this could be, you could probably talk about this for days. So what are some of the ways that pregnancy changes your body during pregnancy and then afterward? So during pregnancy, as the baby is growing, our rib, pan, 
rib cages often expand um, just due to the size of the baby, which can change our breathing pattern. Uh, we tend to get rounded shoulders, not only from your chest growing in size, um, but from your posture changes. So you're forward, you might be sitting at a desk and already have a forward posture and that can get exacerbated. Um, a lot of women develop neck pain, shoulder pain, uh, low back pain, anything in your everyday life that you might already have some mild aches and pains with tends to just get exacerbated with pregnancy. Um, so those are some of the basic changes that you might see. I'm gonna add on, this is Susan talking. Um, you also, when we think about the pregnant posture, um, you know, what comes to mind is your abs are completely stretched out. This baby is taking up so much space in your body. So your abs, which were once, you know, tight six pack, whatever, for, are now super stretched out. Um, so that's really going to change your posture as well. Your abs job is to help kind of hold yourself upright and with good posture during your day. So then we all get that kind of pregnant, um, lean back, stick your chest out, stick your belly out kind of posture for months. And that can be hard to break that habit postpartum, especially when we're weak from having your abs stretched out for months and maybe having some tearing or C-section um, scarring, cutting through those abdominal muscles doesn't help. Um, you also, and Stephanie will talk more about this because she's really well, well versed in this, but you get some of that ligamentous laxity during pregnancy. And like, what is that? That's a big word. It basically means your ligaments connect or connective tissue that connect bone to bone. And so when you're pregnant, you have all these hormones coming through, they're going to stretch more. These ligaments are going to stretch and become more lax or stretchier because making space for baby. So this really happens a lot in our pelvis. You get kind of that waddle walk as you get more advanced in pregnancy. And then that can cause some pain in your hips or pelvis or low back on that postpartum end. Um, did you right. want to add a little bit about more with the hormones, Stephanie? Sure. Um, so relaxin is a big one that we hear about and it actually peaks early in the second trimester and, and starts to go down from that point on. Um, but it leads to laxity, like Susan mentioned, which is great for when we're giving birth and trying to deliver a baby, but not so great um, in everyday life. So this is the point where a lot of women need to modify their exercise routine. If they're doing a lot of single leg exercises, that puts a lot of stress on the pubic symphysis, on the SI joint. Um, so there's just modifications that we can make as a result of these hormonal changes in the body. I feel like there's you know, so many different things that can happen. And I feel like it, it wasn't until you know, I had my daughter and I started going to a chiropractor. And with that, I did some, it was like integrative. So it was PT as well as, um, you know, a chiropractor session. And I feel like I have gotten in, I'm retaking anatomy with everything that I'm going through. And, you know, I didn't really appreciate that, how everything is connected. And, you know, at first they thought it, it was, 
my tailbone, but they're like, well, you know, we think it's your weak pelvic floor muscles and your mm-hmm. abs and, you know, you think it's just neck pain, but it, if you're spending a ridiculous amount of time of your day breastfeeding, then if your pecs are tight or your shoulders are hunched for so long and you lean forward, like that, of course, is going to affect everything else around it. And of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I feel like it's like, you really don't think about what your body's doing, especially when you're in the moment of, oh, my kid is crying and I need to feed them or I need to pick them up and change the diaper. I think that's so, that education piece is so huge. And that's something we really want to stress is, it, you know, with all these changes, it doesn't have to be something huge, but making maybe a minor, you know, change to your breastfeeding position may really help long-term prevent neck pain or, or um, making little changes with even how you breathe. You know, your breathing changes so much with pregnancy. Like Stephanie was saying, your ribs are expanding, your diaphragm doesn't have, your big breathing muscle, the diaphragm doesn't have as much room to move because there's a baby in the way. Um, so that, I mean, we all had that feeling, remember when you were, you know, nine months pregnant and you try to roll over at night and you're like, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. I had that feeling um, because you just, the weight of it, you just can't. So I think we get into some habits because of pregnancy and it's a long time in our body. And then just retraining or having some education. Oh, this is how, you know, my non-pregnant self needs to to move and, and breathe is very important. Right. And it's all part of the healing process. So um, post-baby, when your ribs are expanded, um, over time, they tend to go back down. So if you look at your rib angle, it will actually be wider, like greater than 90 degrees. And that relates to your pelvic floor function. So when we breathe, the diaphragm descends as does the pelvic floor. And when we exhale, it expands and rises. So if we're not breathing properly, we're actually not retraining our pelvic floor to work properly. So that can lead to leaking in a lot of women. And it's a relatively easy fix. It can be, not always. Um, But just doing something as simple as doing some meditation and learning the right way to breathe again and just connecting with your body can prevent women from leaking, which is such a huge problem that people laugh about and think it's normal and it's not normal. (laughs) Yeah, we like to say it's common, but it's not normal. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the most common issues that you've come across? Um, A few common ones, as we just mentioned, are leaking, uh, low back pain, neck pain. Some women get prolapse and I don't know that how well-versed the the general public is in prolapse, but it's basically when your pelvic organs tend to descend due to weakness in the pelvic floor. Um, So for some women, they actually start to exit the body and that would be severe prolapse. But a lot of women have mild prolapse, which could just feel like pressure in your pelvic floor. Um, And you may not even know. Um, So there are some things that we can do to work on those symptoms and to stop it from getting worse. Uh, So basically, if you address something early on postpartum, you might prevent yourself from having issues down the road. Um, Because if any of us has spoken to our mothers or grandmothers about these topics, which might not happen as often as it should, 
um, you might find that there's a lot of issues that are not discussed, uh, you know, related to some things that happened postpartum that just never got resolved and then turned into bigger problems. I think another common thing is, is maybe um, post C-section, maybe some issues with the scar there. Yes. Um, if you're not, you know, some people, their bodies just build more scar tissue. And if you're not actively kind of working or don't have the knowledge about how to work on that scar mobility, that can um, cause adhesions and make it harder for your abdominal muscles to contract and to work to support to hold you up. So that's kind of it. Once you know how to do it, you can do it and kind of fix it, but it's knowing that that's the problem and addressing it. And that's something that can affect you years later too, if you don't address it kind of early on. Yeah. I took all the classes, all that kind of, I took a breastfeeding class and it wasn't until I got a massage at nine months. They're like, your pec muscles are really tight. Are you doing stretches and exercises? And so like after my massage, she told me about all these fantastic things. So I think, you know, it's the, the re there's so many resources out there. So, um, you know, it's so confusing navigating postpartum life dealing with the baby yeah. and then everything that you go through. So where do moms even start? Of I think um, just having conversations with friends, with your physician, your midwife, um, your fitness instructor. I think we just need to talk about it more um, because it's not, it's not acceptable, right? To go through life with, with pain, discomfort. And with a lot of these things, just knowing about it and making you more aware it makes a difference. Like for you, you just had to do a pec stretch and, and just think about maybe pulling your shoulders back a little bit. And that saves you from a lot of, of pain in the future. Um, so I think that's important. And, and we personally believe that a postpartum pelvic floor visit with a physical therapist really should be part of standard care. It is in a lot of countries, it's not here. Um, at our six week visit, we're really just cleared medically right? It's, it's not the, the midwife or the OB's job to teach us, to retrain us how to use our pelvic floor muscles or to how to use our cork. And that's not their specialty. It's not what they do. So unless you, you know, bring up something to them, you may not even get a referral to go to physical therapy. Um, and I think that this should be standard, really. So I think you definitely, you know, brought up a good point there because I remember in one of the labor classes they're like okay you know you have to be an advocate for yourself while you're in the delivery room and I didn't realize that that's kind of become had to become my mantra postpartum of uh you know I had some I definitely felt like times where I went to a doctor and I wasn't listened to or you know I went because I was treated with you know I had back pain or I had wrist pain and they're like well maybe it's this and you just kind of get bounced around for different different people so I think to your point, I think having, you know, making sure you're having the right provider. And if you don't like that provider, find someone who you think will listen to you. Because unfortunately, that is the case a lot of times. It's on the patient to kind of be proactive. Mm -hmm. And I think too, I know in my experience, like I had pretty bad um, sciatic pain with my second one. He was huge. Um, he was a big baby and I thought I tried to find pelvic or women's health physical therapy and I'm a physical therapist. I'm like, I need someone else to do this for me. Like take something off my plate. 
and I tried to find someone and they were too booked. They couldn't take me. They weren't accepting people. And I thought, this will just get better once I deliver the baby. Like once the baby's out of me, this will just go away. And sometimes I feel um, that when you're pregnant, some of those issues, oh, when the baby comes, you'll be all better. Like this is because you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. But, but guess what? Like I still have that pain sometimes because <laughs> I never really addressed it and there's weakness and that was there when I was pregnant and now it's still kind of there. Um, so I think you're very, you're hitting the nail on the head. You know, you have to be not only your child's advocate from now until forever, but, <laughs> but your own advocate too, as your body has changed right. with um, and, and labor and postpartum. Yeah. Susan and I have talked about this a lot because we're physical therapists and we felt like we were blindsided by, by some of the issues. Right. And just because it's not talked about women have babies and especially in the media, they, they bounce back um, (laughs) supposedly, and it's just not uh, typical. So clearly this is a subject where we could probably spend 40 weeks talking about it. We have to take a quick break and we will be right back after a word from our sponsor. We'd like to thank today's sponsor, A Taste of Olive. They have high quality extra virgin olive oils, balsamic vinegars, and gourmet goods from artisans all around the world. They have two locations, one in Chestnut Hill and one right here in Westchester Borough. You can also find them online at atasteofolive.com. When you use a coupon family, you can save 10% off your order. Happy cooking. So we are back with Susan and Stephanie, and we are talking about adjusting to life after baby, which is easier said than done sometimes. So Um, we hate the term bounce back from having a baby and I have a feeling you guys do too. So can you kind of talk about, you know, there's this, of course, society's like, oh, you had a baby. All right. So you'll be back like the week after. So can you kind of talk about like, how long does it actually take to heal from having a baby? And then where do you guys kind of fit into that process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think we hear those terms, you know, six weeks for a vaginal delivery, eight weeks for a C-section. And that's really from a medical standpoint. So that's when you go have your OBGYN appointment. Oh, you're good to go, release you, et cetera. Um, how I like to think of it, and this is my mindset to, to keep things realistic, is it can take like nine months to a year. You took this amount of time to grow a child in your body, it's going to take some time to adjust to these new changes. And we do hate the term bounce back. Um, Because what do you, you know, back, we're not going backwards. Your body is wonderful. You did this amazing thing and you are moving forwards in life and you are changing with with that um, new body every day. So you're going to be stronger (laughs) as a mom but have some different challenges in this, you know, postpartum body too. And I'll, I'm going to turn it over to Stephanie yeah. to talk about what, what <laughs> we can do in that, in that phase. Um, so I think a lot of women tend to jump right back into cardio because they think they're going to burn a ton of calories. 
Um, but in doing that, you can, it can lead to overuse injuries. Um, and we need to get strength back. You know, we just mentioned how our abs are stretched out and they're weak. Our, our low back muscles become weak. So we need to use that postpartum time to get strong again, to build the base for running and CrossFit. If that, if that's what you want to do, or just everyday life, um, you know, these kids grow, they get big and to lift them up to the monkey bars. I mean, we're talking about lifting a 30, 40 pound kid overhead that takes strength. Um, and if you don't have that strength, you're going to put more stress through your back, through your pelvic floor, and you're just looking at pain down the line, right? And we just want people to have a good quality of life um, and to have that foundation. So we can come in, um, you know, once you're cleared by your physician, that's where we can take a good look at your posture, at your strength, and, and what you need to work on and how to do that safely. So that you're not just jumping right back into a boot camp that's jumping. Your pelvic floor isn't ready for that. And a lot of women, when they get that six-week clearance, might start running again. And to be honest, I think in school we learned that you could start running a lot sooner than what my pelvic floor PT told me when I went in for a visit. So if you're looking at four months at least to really think about high impact activities. Um, so I think without having somebody who's really well-versed in anatomy and physiology and injury prevention, you know, there's a lot of information out there on the internet and it's not all good information. There's a lot of good out there too, but you really need to screen what you're looking at um, and, and talk to the professionals. And they're the ones that are gonna get you back into exercise for life. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, like I mentioned before, I feel like a lot of it is, you know, a lot of times you don't find out until firsthand you have an issue. And, you know, I remember, I, a, I don't know, it might've been like two or three weeks after I had her and I was like, oh, let's go on a family walk. So we go to the park and it was, you know, we just, I don't know, it's probably a five, 10 minute walk. And that, but that was like the first thing. And then of course it was like, I was in pain for a few days and and then I later found out that, you know, they recommend like, okay, well, really the first step is walking to the mailbox mm -hmm. and then walking <laughs> to the sidewalk and then down the street. Yeah. And, then, and I think it's, it's really hard to, to realize that, but I think exactly like you said, like people are like, I'm clear to exercise. I can exercise like I did before. I was like, no, you can't. And that's hard for people who are used to, um, exercising all the time. So even if you were able to exercise through your pregnancy, you now have six weeks off and your body went through something traumatic. You know, birth is natural and it's beautiful, but it's traumatic on the body and we have to give ourselves time to recover. And I think that's where we can really, as our business, as WellFit, we can come in and kind of serve that need as that transition between, oh, I'm cleared medically but I'm not really, how do I know that I'm ready to run? Or how do I know that I have the foundations to do this? Or I've never really exercised, but now I have this kid and I want to be stronger and healthier for them. How can I do this kind of thing? Um, so I think that's where we can really help women, you know, with this um, transition in their life too, and feel stronger and kind of healthier overall. That's what our aim is. <laughs> Oh, that's our aim. That's our goal. 
is to really kind of bridge that gap and, and keep people moving well and, and feeling good and strong in their bodies. That's a, a fantastic goal. I think you guys would probably agree with this. I being that everything I've gone through now, anytime I tell I'm that person that now, anytime I see a pregnant woman, my biggest advice is like, spend your pregnancy reading about the fourth trimester and <laughs> get a book of, you know, for you about what it's like postpartum. Cause you know, I think I, I feel like, especially, you know, while I was pregnant, people gave me so much unsolicited advice or about when I was pregnant or what they went through when they were pregnant, but it wasn't really, not many people shared about what happened afterward or they'll tell the good things, but not necessarily all the things. So I think, um, you know, what advice would you have for, for pregnant women of where to start and what kind of, what can I find to expect? As physical therapists, of course, we're going to recommend exercise um, for many reasons. Um, but I do think in, for the basics, it helps, you know, it's been shown to help promote an easier delivery, uh, a faster kind of recovery time and healing there. Um, and, and for mental well-being too, feeling strong um, and, and moving your body has, has good uh, research behind, you know, with postpartum depression. So that's really important too. Um, Steph, you had something about. Well, it's restorative um, for the bones as well. Like exercise during pregnancy, post-pregnancy, we tend to lose bone mineral density because like Susan said, the baby takes (laughs) everything from us. So some strength training can help restore the bones, um, decreases anxiety, helps with excessive weight gain, and uh, just gets you in the right mindset to, to deliver this baby. And, you know, the stats are not good. A lot of women aren't exercising during pregnancy, and they're especially not exercising postpartum because they're busy. And women are trying to handle too much, honestly, especially now. You know, it's, it's not realistic to work full time and to take care of a baby and to spend an hour exercising every day. I mean, and we recognize that, but I think there are things that you can do, even if it's just five or 10 minutes and incorporate that into your day that are going to make you a better mom and make you feel better and help with your recovery. And that's really our goal is like sustainable and, and realistic exercise. And advocating for yourself that that's necessary for you as a mother and a person like taking care of yourself as well because you're really good about it when you're pregnant and that's true (laughs) like well it's not all you know it it tends to be a lot of focus on the baby so as it should be but there's room for 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 the mother herself as a person too absolutely and that is pre-pandemic life and mm-hmm. working from home with while teaching from home and all that so yeah mm-hmm. we, we have a lot on our plates mm-hmm. so, yeah. so we talked about a lot of different things and you know how you can have breastfeeding pain or um you know i, I know the positioning when i my head kept doing repetitive motions and that's how i ended up with tendonitis so mm-hmm. um since I want to tell everyone about those issues, what are some kind of like common things people should be thinking about in 
postpartum life so they don't run into those things down the line. Yeah. Um, I think breastfeeding positioning, um, we learn about it, like you said, pre-delivery, and then you have a baby and it kind of all goes out the window. I remember I, I was in the hospital and I forgot everything I learned in the course. They hand me this baby and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, but when you go home, you need to make sure you have a good setup. We spend a lot of time breastfeeding. So you're gonna to wanna to use a lot of pillows. You know, you might need to support your low back, uh, pillows under your arms so that your shoulders aren't tense and elevated. Uh, and if you're reclined, you let your body do the work. It's great tummy time for a baby and it's less work on you, just a reclined breastfeeding position. It can help to have someone take your picture and take a look at it. Do you look tense? Mm. What's your back look like? Is your head forward? Are you looking at your phone? Like that, you know, I think um, taking the time to really take a look at your breastfeeding setup can make a difference. And you mentioned your wrist pain. So if you're holding this baby with your wrist flexed all the time, not even thinking about it, it's, you know, just one of those natural habits. And then you spend your night sleeping with your wrist flexed. It's going to lead to pain probably. Um, but a few quick fixes might make all the difference there. And then in terms of your diaper changing station, you want to make sure it's not too low. A lot of women are maybe on the ground all the time or they're tall and have a really low setup. So you want to make sure that it's elevated high enough and that might mean getting risers from the store like you would use in your college dorm room, <laughs> you know, to elevate the bed. Um, but just take a look and think about the things that you're doing in everyday life that you're going to be doing repetitively <laughs> for the foreseeable future and, and see where you can make those changes. And you might need to, to, to talk to your physical therapist or your doctor or friends or do some research on the internet to make a, a concerted effort for better body positioning. Because at the end of the day, you could spend 20 minutes doing exercises, but then if the rest of your day is spent sitting slouched, holding a baby, rounded posture, it's not gonna make a difference. You need to change the things that are, um, you know, how we're spending most of our time in positioning. I think okay. another thing is just also rethinking, um, you know, I feel like when we set up the, the nursery, we kind of think about, oh, it's, you know, we have to hang up the pictures and we have to make it look cute. Or when we have our registry, we're like, okay, we have the bobby pillow and that's it. But I think it's one thing people can do while they're pregnant is, you know, kind of like you said, like I would have never thought about the risers and making sure um, it's at the right level. That's, that's great advice. I feel like that's the kind of thing that people should start thinking about. Right. When that's something, when you're, crazy and nesting at um, eight <laughs> on, or eight months. And uh, that sounds like a perfect project for that. Um, so I started this podcast to help new moms navigate postpartum life. So if you could go back and tell your pregnant self and postpartum self one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? I would say the, the, the baby or the child is like the baby or the child, like this, they are who they are from day one and you guide them <laughs> and teach them, but you can't really change them. Like they are who they are <laughs> from when they were in utero. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's true. 
And as a parent of toddlers and preschoolers, I'm like, you're just, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so that would be my advice. Say, you know, release a little bit of control or, or expectation and just kind of learn your child's ways and, and personality. And that will serve you better as a parent. That's good. Um, I think mine is that you can't do it all. I think I had unrealistic expectations for, you know, keeping the house perfectly clean and, and exercising and socializing and seeing my family. And it's just not realistic, especially with the kid that just wants to destroy things all the time, just take stuff out of drawers, empty out her, her toy bins. Um, so I just have kind of eased into the the mess. <laughs> yep. I understand that completely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is great. You would save yourself a lot of headaches with that advice. Mm-hmm. And some days it gets hard, but I really try to just let it happen. And when she goes to bed, I clean up and is what it is. <laughs> yep. I feel like I realized far too late that I wait until the end of the day to clean up her room. Cause like you said, I would finish I would fill her toy bin back up and then she immediately goes to take it out because she right now is really right. taking things in and out of things. So I'm like, all right, well, that is going to be our nighttime routine because I'm not going to do this again in two hours. Yeah. I mean, I should probably start teaching her how to clean up. I don't know at what point that starts, but. <laughs> they get better at it. They get better. Thanks, Susan. <laughs> yeah, they do. Mine likes to clean the bathroom now. Really? Yeah. I don't, I still afford to, I didn't, you know, it just happened organically. I'll say, <laughs> I don't question it. I just go with it. Yeah, I just go with it. That's what they want to do. That's awesome. Right. That's um, great. So thank you ladies for joining me today. We had such a great conversation and I can see you guys doing so well in educating pregnant and postpartum moms of how to navigate this wonderful and confusing time. You guys gave us so much great information. Where can people find you online to find out more? Thanks for having us, Leslie. We love being on. Our website is www.wellfitbrandywine.com. That's where you can find a lot of great information, email, phone number, all that great contact info there. Thank you so much for having us, Leslie. Yes, thanks for having us. Yeah. You're welcome. So today's episode was brought to you by Taste of Olive. They sell high quality olive oils, balsamic vinegars, and gourmet goods from artisans around the world. Visit their website at www.atasteofolive.com and enter the code FAMILY to save 10% off your total. We'd like to thank Stephanie and Susan for joining us today. This show is a production of Crimson Planet Media and our theme song was created by Doug Keller. When the kids are finally asleep, visit our new podcast network at keystonedigital.tv and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Life After Baby. And don't forget to take care of yourself so you can take better care of them. I realized recently I have been terrible at my own advice. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Life After Baby. We'd like to thank Aditi of Raising World Children for joining us today. The show was produced, hosted, and edited by Leslie Hudson with editing help by Kyle Hudson. 
It is a production of Crimson Planet Media, and our theme song was created by Doug Keller. Today's episode was brought to you by A Taste of Olive. A Taste of Olive sells high-quality olive oils, balsamic vinegars, and gourmet goods from artisans around the world. Visit their website at www.atasteofolive.com and enter the code FAMILY to save 10% off your total. Happy cooking! When the kids are finally asleep, visit our new podcast network at keystonedigital.tv and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Life After Baby Show. And don't forget to take care of yourself so you can take better care of them.